Hello, welcome to the Quipster Film Review Podcast. My name is Vince Leo. I'm the author of the film review website, quipster.net. You can find this review and many other reviews in written form at my website, quipster.net, Q-W-I-P-S-T-E-R.net. Today's review is Ex Machina. It's a 2015 release. It's a science fiction drama. It's rated R for graphic nudity, language, sexual references, and some violence. It stars Donald Gleason, Oscar Isaac, Alicia Vikander. The director and screenwriter is Alex Garland. Now, Alex Garland is a veteran screenwriter for films that include, among many, Dread and Sunshine. And this is his first directorial feature. And it is a fascinating science fiction drama. It plays like a futuristic chamber piece and deals with such subject matters as reality, fantasy, truth, manipulation, deception, humanity, and lack thereof. Now, although this film is going to be spoiler-free, that is based on the fact of the spoilers that are already contained in the trailer. So to avoid any spoilers outright, it's my recommendation that if it already sounds intriguing to you, if you're a science fiction fan, or if you just like films that explore uh, in erudite fashion those subjects that I just mentioned, then I would highly recommend that you go see this movie without any preconceived notions as to what it's about. Just let it wash over you and then come back to this review afterward if you want to get my take. Now, it's a difficult film to elaborate upon in a review without spoilers, so uh, that's why I do recommend you go see the movie first, because I won't really touch on a lot of the things that I do really admire about the film. Now, there's a certain predictability to the piece, as things do go where you might expect. It doesn't really get there in the usual manner in which you expect. Uh, Garland's script doesn't really go for big reveals, Uh, So it's not really overtly trying to be uh, a puzzle piece, but it's really a film that relies on a lot of subtle shifts in the characters that change the dynamic of the relation through the story as they interact with one another. It's smartly written. It's adeptly lensed. The strengths manage to outshine the implausibility and contrivances that are inherent, and it emerges as one of the most thought-provoking science fiction films of this year. The plot involves, uh, it's actually set sometime in the near future. Donald Gleason plays the coding programmer Caleb Smith. He's working for a major corporation in the world called Blue Book. Uh, It's the world's most popular surgeon, and that's by a long shot. He's been summoned uh, to Alaska uh, by virtue of a contest held by the company's founder, a mega-billionaire named Nathan Bateman, uh, to his remote high-security home-slash-research facility there. Uh, He's going to spend a week to help provide input into the research into artificial intelligence that Bateman has been working on. Now, Caleb is soon introduced after signing a non-disclosure agreement to Ava. And Ava is a sleekly designed, highly advanced robot resembling a human. He's told to spend his week testing her using a Turing test to see if she is self-aware and conscious and uh, whether he feels through the week that he actually is talking to a computer or if perhaps she is truly an artificial intelligence. Now, with Nathan off drinking during this week or unoccasionally, he's unable to watch 
because of sporadic power outages. Uh, during this time, Caleb and Ava converse about a myriad of subjects. And while her body is clearly artificial, Caleb can't really help but be drawn to her, even find her attractive. Now, there are signs that also indicate that perhaps she might even feel the same way about him. But is this part of her overall design? Or is this something more surprisingly organic and unpredictable that Nathan didn't intend? To say anything more I would probably be into the spoiler category, so I will refrain from anything else as far as the plot. It's impeccably acted, well enough to overcome a certain scantiness in the character nuance. There's a standout graceful performance by Vikander, who's a former ballet dancer, who plays the enigmatic Ava. It's no easy feat when all we really see of Ava that is distinctly Alicia Vikander is her face. Uh, her body er, and, and the rest of her head is really an artificial construct. Uh, Donald Gleason, who is adopting an, Amer an American accent for this film, is really bringing a lot of life into the role. And that role requires absolute subtlety of emotion because Ava is constantly reading his face to try to determine whether he's telling the truth or not. And he can, she has various ways of sensing that based on her programming. Now, Gleason uh, is playing Caleb as kind of a patsy deep down, kind of naive. And so that really is what kind of attracted Nathan to allow him to be the one to determine whether or not Ava is indeed real. He doesn't have that kind of heavy amount of skepticism coming into it. The film is somewhat built on the notion of men trying to build a perfect woman and the difficulties that arise when that woman doesn't really need a man and probably is better off without one, though there may be something in her programming that steers her otherwise that Nathan has injected in there. Now, Oscar Isaac is that self-absorbed genius, Nathan. He's perhaps uh, too much of a genius for another human to be on his level, and that's perhaps why he spends a lot of his time trying to create his equal in intelligence and complexity with this artificial construct capable of being so much more intelligent and complex if his AI is good enough. But... You know, like Samantha in the film Her, the Spike Jones film that was nominated for Best Picture, what point, the question arises, will Ava evolve so far beyond what any human, including Nathan, can touch intellectually? And that, you know, the subservient lifestyle that that is expected out of Nathan, who lays his dominion upon his creations as just as he would his employees... You know, when does it stop to make sense for her? So a little bit like the island of Dr. Moreau, Nathan is kind of a, in his own world, a self-righteous god of his own realm. But the fortified, transparent walls of his home and the high levels of security around the house do suggest that he's perhaps as much trying to keep his revolutionary inventions from getting out as he is the prying eyes of his competitors from getting in. Now, there are some far-fetched elements that might belie that we're dealing with some of the most brilliant minds on the planet. For instance, there is a pass card system employed by Nathan that seems to be more trouble than it's worth. It's a bit rudimentary uh, when compared to how mind-bogglingly sophisticated uh, an AI entity 
the, uh, Ava is. So why is such a rudimentary uh, security system is kind of a, a question. Couldn't Nathan have easily used facial or perhaps retina recognition on a whim to allow any of his visitors to move in and out of the home or from room to room, including himself? Now, Nathan's rampant alcoholism also seems uh, an addition to factor into the storyline as it rolls over into the eventual plot developments. Garland tends toward a hackneyed device in order to try to justify that the most brilliant mind on Earth is perhaps doing some questionably foolish things. Now, there's a particularly bad montage of archived home surveillance footage somewhere in the film. I won't exactly go into details as to what is it contained, but you will know it when you see it. it. Weirdly, the footage is edited for seemingly for the purpose of dramatic uh, effect uh, in this movie. It doesn't really make sense when, in the context when we're watching it, especially when given that, presumably, there's no reason for such footage to even really be kept around and uh, no reason for anybody to edit it in such a fashion for anybody to see. Now, one would surmise, given that what we eventually learn about Nathan's experiences with creating uh, prototypes in the past, that he'd have some sort of contingency plan, most likely several, should he ever have to shut down or subdue one of the androids of his creation. Now, I wouldn't really dare to reveal the ending of this film, but I will say that it does stay with you. It's really a perplexing development in a very challenging work. Now, there is some not really realistic CGI. It's not really a super high-budget film. It's made by it's a A24 film who put out a really good quality, lower-budget releases. There's a few key moments that uh, reduce a bit of the tension because of uh, taking you out of the moment when you actually are witnessing something that's obviously artificial, um, yet it's really the eerie atmosphere, the enclosed prison-like structure in the middle of the beauty of foggy natural mountains that lulls you into its own downbeat tempo, it slows down the rhythms, so you're not really looking for intense action sequences and are instead dissecting sentences and conversations to find hidden meanings, and you hope that the intention will register on the faces of the speakers. Now, when one of those speakers is not human and doesn't have a face unless we put one on her, perhaps such intention and meanings become futile for a human being to begin to understand. I'm giving this film a three and a half star review. Three and a half stars on my scale means it's a, it is a good film. So I would actually recommend it, especially if you're a science fiction fan. That's Ex Machina, and it's currently playing in limited release. So if you are in a town that has that film, I would highly recommend it to you. My name is Vince Leo. You can find my reviews at quipster.net, Q-W-I-P-S-T-E-R.net. Thank you for listening. I hope you subscribe. And if you need to write to me, you can write to me at quipflix at yahoo.com. That's Q-W-I-P-S-T-E-R. <laughs> at yahoo.com. Excuse me, that's quipflix, <laughs> Q-W-I-P-F-L-I-X, at yahoo.com. Or you can write to me at quipster at gmail.com, Q-W-I-P-S-T-E-R.